Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Welcome, folks, to round three of Zoning Out. Halloween, spook, boo-tacular bowl, bool. <laughs> we still haven't really gotten the, the name of this thing. Yeah, as but you recording. understand what we're doing. Gentlemen, are you as excited as I am? I'm so pumped. I'm, oh, yeah. I've been, how long ago did we do? How long has it been? It's like two First? weeks. No, I don't think two. Oh, maybe. Might have, yeah, I think might about have that. Two weeks. Yeah, I've been sitting yeah. on this for two weeks. And, like, I had a scared. kid in the interim, so. <laughs> yeah. Like, new life has been created in the interim. <laughs> People have passed. Yeah. The monarchy was still intact when we recorded, when we like, recorded the yeah. first one. <laughs> you guys just want to jump right in, huh? I'm we eager. I'm eager. Left each. I'm eager. Oh, and we're going to take one off the board. As a, as a snake draft goes, Justin, you closed this out on the first episode. You're going to start us off on this one. Oh, yeah. Oh. Now, Ju- I'm curious. If you had gone back to back in the moment, would it be the pick you're about to give, or did having a little time change your mind? Uh, probably still would have been this. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Probably still would have been this. Uh, it, it's tough. It was close between this and my future pick if I get it. But okay. Yeah. Mm, I went back and forth on mine. Like this was a tug of war for this one. I focused in on one. And if it gets picked, oh, I have two. I have two shots that no one's gonna pick it. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm nervous. Like, cause now, now I'm scared. Cause like I really like... did my homework. Yeah. Like I'm ready to go on this pick. If I have to improvise, I am fucked, and the quality will lack. I mean, <laughs> I'm not understanding this game quite yet. But as, a, as as far as I can follow, I can't pick the shining. Another another titles no more. No. No, you cannot. Off the board. All right. So Judd has Nightmare on Elm Street and The Conjuring. Frank has The Blob and Dawn of the Dead. Chris has Poltergeist and The Thing. I've got The Shining and Alien. Oh, Oof. man, that's a murderer's row. That's John is on top. Is sure. Right. I, I got to say, time, based, why did based you just bring off a gun? round one and two, <laughs> I don't know how safe my remaining movies are. I feel like you guys could snatch these, and it's tough to tell where mm-hmm. we're heading. Going which is good. I like it. I like right. it. I mean, as far as round one went, well, round one and two, there was that's things that got taken off the board that I would have never picked, that I would have never thought have would have gone that early, but I'm excited. It's going to get more interesting as we go on, because yeah. I think we're going to go more towards movies we love versus you, you want to build a strong team, too. My strategy is still intact. And it's going to start to become more evident. <laughs> I have no strategy. I'm just picking from the heart, man. There's Good. a little strategy on my part. <laughs> I don't understand quite what we're doing here. <laughs> but I, but hopefully <laughs> this, this pick is good. Hopefully my pick of, uh, of tonight of, of uh, Chopping Mall is a good pick. <laughs> None of you guys know I'm picking that. <laughs> Especially Chris, who you emailed your entire list to. 
Yeah, Chris has got me dead to rights. He's like, I mean, I don't, I'm telling you, I promise, I swear on everything, I didn't look. You didn't open it. Frank, the only As thing far? I looked at was the name, the subject, because the first, the, your number one pick, but you didn't pick it, was in the subject line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, your story about your evil dog that used to bite you in your sleep, that's the winner so far. Oh, really? Red? Yeah. Wait, I really? Over, overlook at me? <laughs> They're both great. They're both great. They're both great. Red, red rum as this terrifying dog that I'm picturing as like from the omen. It just, <laughs> she, it just cracked me up. She was like, she it really was. She was the embodiment of all evil, that dog. I mean, I loved her and she was a sweet dog, but she was vicious and cruel. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, kick it should off I go us. for it? The first with the first pick. <clears throat> so right. Number three. Pick three. It's a good one. It's a movie near and dear to my heart. Going with 2007's Trick or Treat. Oh! During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. <laughs> of things room free sorry was that chris's it wasn't but it was thought uh, it was coming up oh okay okay okay, okay. that's such a oh. good pick that's a great oh, man. Pick, dude i applaud you thank you thank you uh this is probably my favorite halloween movie 100 uh, percent. yeah it's so good it really it's is. just a celebration of Halloween. It, it, it's weird. It's like it's not it's not um, it's less a horror film. It's still it's a horror film, but I mean, it's but a holiday film. It's right. a true holiday film like that captures the the feeling of the season. It's so fun. It, it's, it has it's that energy, of, that energy we love about that time of year. Um, it's one of the few movies I've made my uh, my wife watch because <laughs> I just love this movie so much. We've watched it every year since we're together there's no movie that captures first of all i want to live in that town i just want to live there like that town that well maybe not that exact town but something like that with that fanfare and that type of festival and you know where they do things like that yeah, like yeah that turns into it turns into mardi gras for fucking <laughs> halloween over there it's crazy it's there so was, cool i years ago maybe about 10 years ago me and my buddies were uh on our way to through we were driving through pennsylvania for whatever reason and we ended up getting sidetracked we ended up in passing through a small town right around halloween time where it was exactly like that town in trick-or-treat the whole fucking neighborhood the whole town was decorated there was a parade going on and we just happened to be like driving through i said this is the coolest fucking place i said when we said to ourselves we were like every year we're going to come back on halloween and we'd never returned and I haven't been able to find it. So hmm, I was gonna say, is that isn't that, isn't that the town you couldn't find again? Yeah, I could. We could never find it. I've looked. <laughs> I've Googled because I said, "How is this possible that this isn't like documented somewhere that this entire town celebrates Halloween to this extent?" Well, I'm talking about 
Everybody was in the streets in costumes. There was a parade. There was music. There was all kinds of shit going on. I said, this can't just, this didn't just happen. As we, everyone just in the, in the neighborhood decided to come outside and start banging pots together. <laughs> it's, this had to go on, but I ha- still have not been able to find it. So if anyone's listening who lives in the Pennsylvania region, Eastern PA, close to probably like Allentown area, maybe. Please I swear the town's right town over there. Right. right. <laughs> yes, this movie kind of got kind of got screwed on its release. Oh yeah, it that was a, we were. I remember that was like a saga. Like back in the old Ain't It Cool days, they talked about this whole film being the whole release nightmare uh, around this film. Which is weird because I remember seeing it in theaters. So I don't know if I saw it in 07 or if we saw it somewhere in 09. I actually wanted to ask you guys if you remember because I I assume I went with you guys. I don't know if this was ever even put in never theaters. Never in theaters. No, not really. This, this is the first year it's being actually put in theaters. So what the hell am I thinking of? I don't know. You're cracking up. Maybe mm. I'm going a little nuts because I remember maybe, seeing Maybe you saw it in that town. In Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm just confusing myself. But it it pre- premiered at the Butt Numathon in 07. Yeah, ain't it cool? Ain't it cool, right? Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Yep. Oh wow! He's and it was slated was for a, a wide release. <laughs> before it became Butt Touchathon, and it <laughs> destroyed the whole it, Austin yeah. film community. Yeah. Oh Jesus! That's not a thing anymore. You no. guys still go around. It. Oh, is it? Oh, but Namathon? No, no I don't think but Namathons. That's gone. Ended up going straight to DVD, and they didn't want to put this up against Saw Four. That was like one of the main things. Isn't that so silly? This would have like, killed it. Like what the hell? And yeah, Saw uh, was Wonder a monster, Brothers. Though. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers are struggling from Superman Returns, which was co-written yeah. by uh, Michael Doherty, same guy yeah. who yeah wrote and directed this. That's crazy, man. I really remember seeing this in the movies. There was no special release or anything like that near us. No. Huh. Shit. No. This was them giving, uh, what's his name, the finger. Uh, Brian Singer, yeah. Brian Singer. Uh, because wow. of Because he walked away from X-Men to do Superman, Superman Returns. Returns. Like, well, what yeah. happened was, yeah, and like Superman Returns un- underperformed, and they were right. like, you know, that was under his, uh, what was it, Bad Hat Harry? His like right. was under his banner. And they were just like, yeah, your box office poison, mister. <laughs> so they're like straight to video. Like, you else? get it's amazing because that like I'd always like that was like they I remember that ha- like when that was happening, people were saying this amazing move because I think it play- yeah, I think it played at Buttonumathon and everybody was like flipping out about like how good it was. It's like, how is this not getting released? And like and for years, like it was one of those things. Maybe it'll be released this year. Maybe it, was, it took years for it to find. It was shelved for a lot of years. And I'm like, yeah, wow. it's probably not that great. And then did I see it with you for the first time, Chris? I think so. I think we bought yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, that's when we used to go to Best Buy and I would just clean out my wallet and just yeah. walk out <laughs> with a stack of movies, half of which I wouldn't watch. Wow. Because because we were we were high on Daughtry. What did he do? He was well, he's the X Men. He he co-wrote the X Men movies. He know. did something else though, right around that time, that we we watched and enjoyed immensely, and we were like, "Oh, this guy wrote it." I wish I fucking knew what I was talking I about. Have yeah, time. I don't have I that down. I should have. Wrote down. When was it eventually officially released? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Wow. On DVD, yeah. Yeah, it was like two thousand six. I think. Yeah, it was like shelved for like a few years, and it was just it was like the cast is like a murderer's row of great character actors. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. The I love the interwoven story, you know. 
and we we constantly see different perspectives that's super cool it's structured like pulp fiction but for like it is like, for horror of. films sam has kind of become like an iconic halloween character oh that's, yeah you know it's like the mascot of halloween now pretty short time which is pretty crazy there's actually a cameo of uh christine in the car in the movie is that really uh, yeah yeah oh, during the cool. school bus scene when it's driving down oh. after it just picked up the kids the car is parked the actual oh, christine sick. car yeah wow. that's pretty cool just love this movie yeah i really, really love this movie it's about time I, I watch it i should watch it soon i have a rotation of movies that i put on around halloween and trick-or-treat is right at the top of that list yeah, it's a yearly movie. It has to be. Like, it's just yeah. a holiday film. Yeah. I mean, it's just like Christmas Vacation. You have to watch it Christmas. You have to watch Trick or Treat Halloween. Right. So much fun. Dude, when the, the where I will never forget watching the werewolf, the Anna Paquin werewolf. That's my favorite scene. kill in the in the movie. Dude, that it really, scene, it's when that so came cool. on. I remember looking at you, Chris, because once, like, you know, uh, Sweet Dream starts kicking in. Oh. Like, What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. And the slow reveal of, like, Oh my god, this is so awesome. Yeah. Like the hair on the back of my neck is standing up now thinking about like that first time <laughs> watching it. Because like it was such it was such a fun twist. Before they landed on the name Trick or Treat, the name went through a bunch of different names. Seasons Greetings, Halloween Terrors, Jack O'Lanterns, October the thirty first. And trick or treat, but trick or treats already a movie. Yes, with uh, from a while ago, nineteen eighty six, uh, and they were afraid. The... Yeah, so they dropped the O and landed on trick or treat. I kind of like Jack o' Lanterns as the name. <laughs> just like ah, whatever. Just name it something. Some Halloween based. Name it. Give out <laughs> Jack candy. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Orange. Yeah, yeah. the movie. <laughs> they shot. It was a forty day shoot. That movie. Wow. It's pretty quick. Yeah, it's a, I mean, for big, that's a big, that's a, big, that's a tight shot. And it's just, oh. it's such a nice movie. Like it, 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 you know, it buttons up everything at the end. The reveal at the end that the the old, you know, the old douche is a Brian Cox was yeah. the bus driver. And, and it's so cool because the more you watch that movie, the more you start noticing the, little exactly, things. The more you notice, yeah, like, the more you notice. Like at the, the very characters. beginning, the zombie kids who who killed Brian Cox, you see them leaving the house in like the first shot. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as the movie opens. Yeah, and the werewolf girls almost hit. Uh, right, they almost run into, they almost run them over, and yeah, the kids. Fantastic. Uh, Lovely film. Watch it if you haven't, especially around this time of year. Amazing that never got a sequel. I mean, because it's, it's like, I'm amazed that like, like Warner Brothers is like, here, Trick or Treat is like such a, I'm glad they didn't, because I don't think that movie's perfect. I don't want Yeah, more. yeah. Like, walk away. It's like, I don't want you don't mess this up. I think there's one. Yeah. There's been one in development, or one that's been announced for quite a while now. But that's kind of shocking, considering it's an anthology horror film. Right. That's yeah. like that's like the formula for sequels. Just yeah. keep pumping just those keep out. Pumping them out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah already said yeah. in an interview in 2019, the possibility of it happening is still up in the air. So hmm. um, it's it's genuinely shocked that no one's saying, "Yeah, let's do it again." Yeah, Warner Brothers. What do you do? I mean, I, I mean, just like I don't, I, I don't have skin in the game, but it's just like it's, it, it'll make money. What are you afraid? It's not going to make money. Right. It's just like horror always makes money, and one yeah. that's like has such seasonal like ties, like sees, like it's just like it's why every musician eventually makes a Christmas album because it's like every year you'll make money, <laughs> and it's like why you make horror films, like especially like one like seasonal films, like because every Halloween you make money. Right. Like you, you're, you're building yourself a busy season. 
yeah, it's like always that's always like attractions at uh, like Fright Fest or is it uh, Universal that does it? Um, Universal. Well, I mean, they all do it, but Universal did. I think they had a trick or treat one a couple of years ago with the mm. Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, Spirit of Halloween. You walk in there, they have a whole aisle dedicated to trick yeah. or treat. Yeah, really. Like, I, yeah, I was Sam last aisle. year for Halloween. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, you are my big doughy body in a in a, <laughs> in a jumpsuit, an orange jumpsuit. All right, I forgot about that. Yeah, I have a whole. I do that whole projector display out my window of Sam murdering people. Well, it was oh, part of my right. like Halloween decorations. I saw that was that yeah, that was playing last year. Yeah, yeah. I remember cool. my mother was very impressed by that. Chris went all out this year. Look what he did. How does he do that, Frank? How are those people? Does he have people in the window? Yeah, I hired a team of. Uh... Yeah, and they're just gonna keep doing repetitive <laughs> motions all night. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that woman's gonna be stabbed all night. <laughs> crazy it's amazing what you could get off of it's fiverr fiverr got me fiverr. <laughs> top, top well doesn't this i feel like this movie kind of embodies why we love the genre because i i mean so this came out in 2007 i i think i only saw this for the first time three years ago maybe wow. four and it was literally doing that thing we all do which is why horror is the genre that lives on right is because i found this by just scrolling maybe shutter just seeing what titles were there we're like, I'm not going to do that for any other genre, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, what comedies are out? Yeah. What action yeah. movies are out? I yeah. never do that. But with horror, I do that. So I think I found this just scrolling around, saw the cast. I was like, what? This is a good cast. And then checked it out. And I was like, well, I don't know why this wasn't a thing. Yeah. It's so bizarre. The whole lack of a, th- a theatrical release and the fact that there hasn't been a sequel, it's got 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is bizarre to me. I don't know yeah. why. It feels like this whole thing was like botched. Yeah, it was really because of Superman Returns. Like they, they, they got real sour with Brian Singer after that movie and anything yeah. associated with him. And it's just like, but it's just weird. They they're very big on shelving in Warner Brothers. Like well, like, you see mean, what's going what on now happened, with the, right. yeah the Batman yeah. movie. They'll spend all manner of money on movies, and it's not the, like they'll just say, "I don't want to release this." Like, why not? So, <laughs> 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 especially the quality of this movie. Like when you see a movie shelf, it's like there's usually a reason for it. It's like oh, it's probably not that great. And this yeah. was a movie that was just like, I remember watching it again, watching it the first time. We're like, how was this not how we were annoyed watching it at home? Because it was just like, this would have been so much fun in a theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seeing this with oh, a yeah. crowd would have been fantastic. Wait, so you said this year is the first year? This year is the coming. first year. This. Um, Where? Do you know? I think AMC and Regal or Regal. We of should them. go. AMC or Regal's doing it. They're doing a limited run of Trick or Treat. We should definitely go. I would um, love that. The Lost Boys. And something else, like three like classic horror movies, are going. Wow, that's awesome! That this is considered a oh, classic. Feldor yeah, it looks like it's sp- playing in New York. Like, yeah, uh, hey. in, a, in a week. Yeah, it's playing. Uh, I think they're going wide with it. I'm doing good. I'm happy with my picks. All right. Yeah. I'd love to see Fell Dog on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> Fell Dog. Fell Dog. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, Trick or Treat's good, but freaking big screen Fell Dog. It's been a long time since Dreamer Little Dream Two. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can feel the people who made that really love horror movies. Yeah, oh, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel like nothing about it feels no. like a paycheck. No, it's a love nope. letter to horror. Yeah, it's palpable in the audience. Yeah. That's why it's a cult following. And it's funny. It's one of those things. It's like creep show where it, there's a huge. We, we, eventually, we should like do a deep dive into like EC Comics and the insane seismic influence it's had on like every, all of horror. 
Like, like that's like so like the opening is done in the style of like old horror comics. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like the EC Tales from the Crypt books and uh, shock suspense stories. It's just like that, like that creep show uh, Tales from the Crypt is like people love referencing that. This is the best out of all of those. I mean, it's funny. It's the like I always want people like for a long time before Halloween would you watch Halloween and this movie out Halloween's Halloween as the best Halloween movie? Yeah. <laughs> Halloween. Uh, Halloween. Yeah, true. true. Yeah, very true. Yo, dog, I heard you like Halloween. <laughs> the soundtrack too. You know what? It's a memorable yeah. Halloween. Uh, Great soundtrack. Spooky score. I love it. Oh, it's got that. It's got that very awesome, warm holiday lighting. Like It's like lit like a holiday film. Like it feels like. Like it's it's got that very warm holiday feel to it. Like it's a very comfortable looking movie. That's the thing. It's just like it it makes you feel comfortable even if it's like when it's being unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Lee Smith, who plays uh, Anna Paquin's older sister, I love in this movie. I love that their relationship in this movie. Like that's the werewolf scene is it works because it's a great surprise, and it's really a sweet story about like sisters bonding. Yeah. Lori, please do not listen to them. The key thing is to just be yourself. Being myself hasn't gotten me very far. Maybe I'm too old-fashioned, but I've always wanted my first time to be. No, please don't say it. Special. <laughs> like their relationship and the way that closes. Like I get like like I've watched that movie. I get like this warm feeling when Lauren Lee Smith is looking at Anna Paquin like ripping apart Jerry. What's his name? The actor. Um, uh, Dylan Baker. Yeah, like, and she has, like, this warm light. Like, she has this really sweet, like, look of, like, oh, look at my little sister go. And it's, like, it's so <laughs> sweet. It's a genuinely sweet moment. I love that. Yeah, the, the principal, I think he plays that part very. Yeah, Dylan he, Baker. He, yo, Dylan well. Baker is yeah. actually the standout performance. Him he and is his so son, great. Uh, smashing jack-o'-lanterns. Stealing candy. It's okay. Believe it or not, I was just like you when I was a kid. Till my dad sent me straight to this. See, my dad taught me tonight is about respecting the dead. Because this is the one night that the dead and all sorts of other things roam free. <laughs> pay us a visit. Sorry. All these traditions, jack-o'-lanterns, putting on costumes, handing out treats, they were started to protect us, but nowadays, no one really cares. That yeah. little reveal that the sun's carving a head, not a pumpkin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, holy shit. Like, they're building that it up. Is... It's like they made him out to be this monster, and they're building him up to You're be. You're worried for the kid. It's like, holy shit, he's going to kill his kid? And it's yeah. gonna, I'm going to give like... him a scary face this time. It's like, holy it's like they shit. Just whacked the, they just whacked the bad Santa kid. Like, all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't get any... Uh, like any advertisements from ah, candy brands. That's funny. Because all the candy in the movies either has a knife in it or it's poison, and no candy company would get behind <laughs> it. So they couldn't get any sponsor. Like, look at E.T., like the story of E.T. with Reese's. Like, they had to beg yeah. Reese's to, like, hey, can we show it in the movie? It's like, uh, we don't want our project associated with, like, popular children's films. Like, what? <laughs> Those aliens away <laughs> from my candy. <laughs> we can't have aliens eating our candy product. Because <laughs> M&M's wouldn't do it. And it's just like, yeah, trick or treat. It's like, yeah, it's shown. It doesn't matter. Kids, you'll see, you know, if like, it's like, what's it called? Whatchamacallit bars? Like, have them all eating whatchamacallit bars. Like, wouldn't you eat? Like, just think of it that way. It's just like, I'm like the owner of whatchamacallit. I'm Johnny whatchamacallit. <laughs> well, right. Somebody I mean... comes to me. Somebody comes to me. It's like, yeah, it's going to be shown in a horror film. It's like, that means 
if this movie becomes popular, everybody's going to get my candy bar to eat along with it. Right. right. And every Halloween, that'll be a prop that everyone's going to use. Millions yes. of people are going to be walking around holding whatchamacallit bars on mm-hmm. Halloween because it's part of their costume now. With razor blades in them. Hey, <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes. And Johnny Whatchamacallit Jr. is like, my, ma- my father was a smart man. He was a shrewd businessman. <laughs> Johnny Whatchamacallit Jr. Good business Jr. acumen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look at Doctor Who. Like Doctor, like Matt Smith ate fish fingers and custard, and people like there wasn't a Doctor Who event where people did not bring out fish fingers and custard, and people would gladly eat it. <laughs> Probably I, delicious. I, if, if I wasn't deathly allergic to fish fingers, <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably been one of those people, and that's disgusting. <laughs> it never got its due. What you call it? I've been a fan for years. There's okay, a lot going for on there. I don't even know what it is. I don't think I've ever had one. It's like Krispies, chocolate. Nah, I don't little... care for Krispies. Yeah, not Krispies. I don't like oh, see, yeah. Nah. Yeah, Let's see how it goes. It's like Take the... fives, nice. Five. You know what I like? Give me an almond I'll, joy. I'll give you five across the chin. <laughs> uh, take fives, nice. Just lay an almond joy on me, and I'm a happy boy. I'm simple. Almond joy is classic. Peanut cheese. Like, yeah. That's a classic. You, you miss. Look how much money you're all losing by not having <laughs> your move. Me and Frank. No, trick Frank. or Judd, treat. That was a solid pick. Yeah, yeah, that was. And I, you know what? I'm a little mad. You, I, I had a feeling you might well, have wanted that. One. It was gonna be. I, I'm. T- it's not part of my strategy. But if my strategy <laughs> were to fall apart by people removing my strategy yeah, movies, bad. Trick or Treat was gonna be a backup. Gotcha. But now it's off. The not table, anymore. So. Frank. What? What? What do you got for us? <laughs> Wait, I picked tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he really doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> Oh, I thought I just listened to everybody else's picks. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I'm not prepared for this. Um, shit. Um, so this movie is, it, this, we were talking about, do we go with what's a better choice and one from the heart? This one's definitely one from the heart. Uh, I don't know what else to say about this movie other than it's groovy. Ah. Oh, I can't. You can't see it. You can't see it. I have an Evil Dead Army of Darkness foam finger. Finger. <laughs> an Evil Dead Two chainsaw foam finger. I swear to God, you can't see it because of the I goddamn see it, screen. I see it now. I see it. Okay. I see it. I see it. I got props for this. I also have my limited edition Anchor Bay 2002 video DVD release. That's cool. Hey, horror fans out there, remember Anchor Bay? I mean, they were kind of shitty with aspect ratios, but they put together solid DVD packs. Evil Dead 2, you can't, it, when you're a 13-year-old kid like I was when I saw this movie for the first time, it's like an atomic bomb going off in your head. Like, a 13-year-old is just not prepared for this movie. It, it just, it's, it took my breath away when I first watched it because of how flamingly weird it is. We had this debate about this movie, like, horror. It's like, what is, does this certain things qualify as a horror film? We always, like... Our thing is, does this qualify as a horror film? If it's operating as a horror film first, then it does. And this is like a weird people, this might be in contention because Evil Dead 2 is a very funny movie. But I still think it operates as a horror film first. But uh, the first one's funny too. It's just not as funny. This is uh, Sam Raimi's third film after uh, Evil Dead uh, and the disaster that was Crime Wave. 
I love Crime Wave for what it is, but it's kind of a mess. And they took a beating on it. It was a huge bomb. They wanted to like get out of the horror thing. They made Evil Dead. They weren't necessarily horror guys. Evil um, Sam Raimi, Robert Tappert, and Bruce Campbell. And they just wanted to make movies. And but you know horror. They kind of made Evil Dead because they knew horror would sell. Uh, they grabbed money for, for Evil Dead by like grabbing local merchants and like dentists, like law offices, like like delis. They just say, hey, invest in our picture. And they made a film called Within the Woods, like a 15 minute long demo version shot on Super 8 for Evil Dead, if it, I, which you can see. I, I have it if anybody wants to see that. S that movie is a huge monumental hit. Then they followed up. They get a few million dollars and they make Crime Wave. Big disaster. So what do we do? They go back to the well and it's like, OK, let's this. We, we, nobody Hollywood's not calling us anymore after Crime Wave. What do we do? And they go to incredibly greasy filmmaker Dino De Laurentiis, uh, who's a wacky character. If you ever like, he started out like distributing art films, like you know Fellini films, and then he's just like, "I make it a King Kong. You give me the rights to King Kong, I make a King Kong." And then he started making <laughs> like weird trash. Like that's remember Dino De Laurentiis, and you see that you're like, "Hmm, this is gonna be questionable at, at least." When you saw like Dino De Laurentiis productions in the '80s, De Laurentiis Entertainment Group. Yeah, and this is one of their odd, like, great film. Like, I think it's the best film that, like, has his name on it. Like, Stephen King convinced him to uh, make this movie. Yeah, uh, he's a huge fan. Like, well, he gave he them a... their first, their big pull quote. Uh, what was it? The most shockingly ferocious horror film, new horror film, like yeah, he said. Like... Uh, yeah, Evil Dead, too. Like, Evil Dead when it came out. It was originally going to be called Within the Woods, the first movie. But then, like, a distributor who's just like, that's not going to sell. So it's like Evil Dead. There you go. It's kind of a generic title, but it worked. Yeah, my experience watching this was Army of Darkness was coming out uh, in 1993. And I'd heard of Evil Dead 1 and 2. I'd always heard about them. Like, you know, they were just always on. And I used to subscribe to Fango when I was a kid. So I'd always seen, like, you know, stills from it. It was it just like, oh, right, whatever. It just looked kind of generic. Even the box looks kind of generic, even though I love that box art now. So I said, oh, I, I might as well check out these movies to see you know what's up with army of darkness because that looks a lot of, like a lot of fun and it's from and the way they sold army of darkness was from the maker of dark man and mm -hmm. i was obsessed with dark man at that point <laughs> and you know so i was like oh i like dark man that's a fun weird movie and let's see let me go and watch evil dead i actually watched evil dead 2 first because like evil dead was kind of hard to find around that time because it's like it'd been out of print for a while and then i just happened to grab like at the video store evil dead 2 and i was just I was floored by it. Like, it's just, it's overwhelming. It's a, it's, it's just sensory overload. Like no movie. I'd never seen a movie that looked like that. And as crazy as the visuals are, the sound design in that movie is fucking bonkers. Like the sound of like Henrietta is basically a chicken, like screaming when they're smashing its head in at one point. Oh my God. <laughs> There's bizarre sound effects in that movie. Just the and just the ingenuity of like 
you know, it's been around so long, you take it for granted. But the first time you saw the chainsaw hand, it was, oh my God, this is the cool, and you're 13. That's the coolest thing you've ever seen. A yeah. guy with a chainsaw for a hand. It's like, I want that. I got to see this when I went to film school. I didn't go to film school. I went to like a film summer program when I was 18. And they, uh, in North Carolina. Oh, here's a fun fact. Uh, speaking of North Carolina, this film was shot in North Carolina in a high school gymnasium, which a lot of films actually wind up. You know, um, Home Alone also shot in a high school gymnasium. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, it's a thing when you're on location. It's just like spec wise, like a high school gym is, is, is it's like a big open area with lots of access to power. So it's like a lot of like a lot of productions wind up using that. Like if they mm. have to shoot in the summer. Yeah, they're actually good for that. I got to see it in North Carolina. They would show movies every day, every night. Um, and like they show like art films. They'd show like old, older films like French Connection. And I'd go to them because I'm a nerd with like no social life. And I love that kind of thing. But Evil Dead 2 screening, there, it was, there was nobody like really, like there was, it had a full theater at the school. And there were just people like, it was, it was standing room only. There was just people like if you couldn't sit, like, the, like there were just bodies people double stacked on chairs, people like sitting on people's shoulders, like, you know, like on the backs of their chairs. It was just, it was bedlam. Like, hmm. And it was one of the best theatrical experiences of my life. Cause ever, it's like, I, I was shocked. It was like, oh, that, you know, they're gonna show Evil Dead too. You want, it's like, that'll be fun to see on the big screen. And I've never seen a more rowdier screening in my life. Cause it was just like, there's no like people working there. There's just like, you know, TAs, teachers assistants and like the projectionist. So it was just bedlam. It was just a bunch of like horror nerds just taking over the entire school, like this whole theater, and everybody was going completely bonkers. <laughs> um, I have an embarrassing story about this movie. Uh-oh. John, I think, knows it. I was so obsessed with Evil Dead 2. And like, you've never heard this, Chris. Justin, you never heard this. I told really? this to John in the text one day. I was just bored, and I said, I might as well tell somebody this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Like, if, if I'm in the middle of texting you, you might get something it's like, I killed a woman once. Like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I tend to start oversharing if I get into a long text message. I have a problem with that. <laughs> I see her I see her face every night in my dreams. What? <laughs> so where do you want to go to lunch? So I was obsessed with this movie, uh, 13, and well into, uh, into four, being 14. Like, this was my movie. I watched it all the time. I dug up anything I could about Sam Raimi had become, like, my hero. Like, I wanted to be him when I grew up. Yeah, you were really so, high on Sam Raimi for a long oh, time. Oh, I was – yeah, I was hyper fixating on, like, that, like, crazy. So keep in mind, I'm a, a weird loner kid, kind of on the spectrum. Not kind of, on the spectrum. Uh, <laughs> so what, my first day of high school, I said I, – I, like, I was nervous about going to high school – so I dressed like Ash in Evil Dead 2. I wore a blue shirt, jean shirt, like like work pants and work boots because I just wanted to be cool like Ash the first day of high school. Ugh. Oh, Christ. Oh. Did anyone get it? Of course not. Frank no, they had lives. <laughs> you know who didn't get it? Me throughout high school. <laughs> and with good gauze. Oh, that was, yeah. I was... I. I love this movie. I think it, it was a huge influence on filmmakers. I mean, undoubtedly, people still reference this movie. Big hit in Asia. Like, they, they would, like, Japan, like, loves aping on this movie. Notoriously bad dubbing, which they fixed on new releases, and it bothers me. 
when Bruce's uh, his girlfriend when Ash's girlfriend's head is biting his hand, uh, he says work shed, and it's mm. out of sync and it's like weird ADR. So Bruce Campbell was uh, I read this in his book if chins could kill. Yeah, like I bought Bruce. I've bought all of Bruce like Campbell's books. Like I was obsessed with Bruce Campbell and. I watched uh, the, uh, what's it called? Oh, one of my favorite shows of all time, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. that only ran one season. Chris is nodding his head in shame. It's just like, I remember having to hear about this fucking show every week. Bruce Campbell's in a Western show. You want to watch an episode? No. Let me show you this. I'm just going to put it on. <laughs> That's what I do to people. I was yeah, famous for that. Put it on. <laughs> it's like I'm really not interested. Okay, it's on now. <laughs> now it's your problem. <laughs> oh, uh, when he was shooting uh, John Carpenter's Escape from L.A., he shows up to set. He plays a plastic, like an evil plastic surgeon, and Kurt Russell goes up to him. In the first day of shooting, he's like, he goes up to introduce himself. He just goes. He says my first, like Kurt Russell's first words to me when he walked up to me was, say work shed. (laughs) I like that when people acknowledge. Oh, this was like huge with among filmmakers too. Like I forget, uh, I forget who told the story. It was either Bill Paxton or uh, James Cameron because they were buddies. And like, I, it was either, yeah, it was James Cameron like showed up to Bill Paxton. It's like, dude, you got to come with me. We're going to the movies and you're going to watch Evil Dead 2 with me. This movie's incredible. Yeah, it was just, it was a big hit with filmmakers because, like, you never saw anything like this. It was just overload. It's a visually and auditory, it's, it's just, it's a, it's one of the most aggressive movies you'll ever see. It's just like, it's just trying to overload you at all times. Uh, and they're throwing every trick at the book at them. Yeah. At it's like, it's like, it's, I think Evil Dead 2 works better as a horror film. I think this is a more, this is Sam, like, at Sam Raimi at the peak of his body. Now he's got money. Now he's confident. You know, he's got the kinks out. He got all over the sophomore slump that is crime wave. And he's like, watch this shit. And it was just him showing off for an hour and a half. Yeah, this is as frantic as uh, Sam Raimi's style gets. Yeah, it's like, That's conveyed. the best way to describe Sam Raimi. Like, his, his filmmaking style is just frantic. It's fucking yeah. just everything is balls to the wall. Yeah, there's no subtlety. Like, he no. hates subtlety. He... <laughs> Yeah, it's just the one of the most fun movies ever. Army of Darkness, not as good a movie. Uh, I still, I love the whole series. Yeah, I mean, even, oh, and Ash vs. Evil Dead, nice little bonus victory I mean, lap yeah, we it's, got. It spawned so many, uh, yeah. you know, the, even the remake, you know. Remake's not bad. It's I not just, bad. It's, it's just, in the, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just not as good as the original, I don't think. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just not, not bad, as though. effective. It's not no. a bad movie. It's it's well made. There's some great moments of gore in it. Yeah. Um. It's just the thing is, it feels very weirdly safe. It. What I loved about Sam Raimi's movies when I first saw them as a kid, it's like, oh my god, they gave a crazy person a camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels. Like this person's crazy. Like, why would you think to do that? Like, why would you think? That you okay? There's a monster trying to come out of like a a cellar, a cellar door. So you jump on its head, and its eye pops out, and a girl gulps it down. Like, why would you think to do that? God help me! I buried her in the earthen floor of the fruit cellar. <laughs> what the hell was that? Somebody's down there with him. Yeah. Can't be. Let's get the fuck out of here. Once in my 
fresh salad. <laughs> Someone with a fresh soul. Henrietta, I love Henrietta. There's just so many classic moments. It's it's weird, it's unrelenting, it's silly. It's definitely scary and unsettling in places. Um, yeah. And it's one of my favorite things ever. Not just not, not even movies, just my favorite things. Like I want to be entombed with it. Yeah, I, I went through them. Re- well, not recently, recently, but when me and my wife were still dating and uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead was coming out. I, I was fucking pumped for it. And she was like, oh, you know what? I never saw the Evil Dead movies. Well, 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 here we go. You've got, I've got a customer, and we, we, we. I think we binged them all in one day, and yeah. they hold up. Well, I, I love those movies. Oh yeah, I mean, it's quotable. I mean, groovy. I just said like one of the big quotes: "Word shed." Uh, well, hail to the king, baby. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, like it's it's like Duke Nukem basically stole all the lines from these movies. I don't know. I mean, anybody else like Cavity? Like, I know you watched it a bunch, Chris. Judy, you I ever love see those it? Movies. Uh, I've seen the second one, and I watched the I watched the whole series, the recent series. It was very good. Dead. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I can see how that character is very iconic, and Bruce Campbell seems like a good dude. Okay. Is there a standout scene? Bruce Campbell's fight with his hand is some of the best physical comedy ever put on film. Gotcha, didn't I, you little sucker? Just his, when his hand gets possessed and he's smashing plates on himself, he does a, he, the hand grabs his hair and flips him upside down. Like, does he does like a backflip like, like from his hand. It's like, Jesus Christ, Buster Keaton, slow down. It's <laughs> amazing. That scene's like, that's the scene I think I remember as a kid going, holy shit, this movie's awesome. Like, that was, like, the big moment for me. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, Groovy, when he puts, makes the chainsaw hand. I mean, it's just, there's so many moments. But for me, like, watching it as an adult, that just the the incredible, like, the the physical comedy that he puts out in that scene is just top shelf. He's so talented. And, you know, it's kind of disappointing that he didn't become, like, the big A-list, like, movie star that, you know, in my opinion, he deserved to be. He did okay because he also produced these movies, and he's like a he's a very savvy producer. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So and now he has okay. like you know he has like a cult following now. He could do yeah. no wrong. But I'm just saying, like at the time, you know, when those movies were coming out, it's like he didn't see he wasn't at the caliber of like the A list guys who were out then at the time. Yeah, he could yeah, sign the annoying. conventions from now until forever. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's made. He doesn't have he's, to. He's convention royalty. Like yeah. he's one. Of, he's like Shatner level almost. Yeah, yeah. He's the Shatner of horror conventions. Like where he shows up and it's just like, oh. Do you think any American uh, horror directors were more inspirational than Raimi? I mean, because he's so low budget, inventive. Yeah. I can't think of someone who who made more people want to just pick up a camera and experiment than Raimi. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think I I would love to ask a lot of filmmakers, like a lot of filmmakers, like, you know, from my generation, they come out of like, oh, Star Wars was the movie like that made them want to make film like the And I think in that that'll always be the big one for like our generation. But there's a lot of motherfuckers that said Evil Dead 2 made them get into horror. I know a bunch of people. Like, I've met a bunch of people who's just like in, you know, working in film. It's like, yeah, Evil Dead 2 is the movie. Like I saw it as a kid and it's like, I want to make movies. Yeah. It's a great right. film for kids. I watched uh, Blood Simple recently. I had seen it before, 
but watching mm. it recently, I can't help but think. I mean, there's a lot of Evil Dead in there. Oh yeah, the, I mean the way uh, the camera flies around. I mean, that's pure Raimi energy. So you can only imagine how many people took from the from the first one, let alone number two. Well, I I believe uh, the Cohen brothers have a. I, did they edit the first Evil Dead? Because they wrote Crime Wave with Sam Raimi. Like well, they're buddies. Makes sense if they're connected. Yeah, they are connected. I don't know how early. I don't know if they got together on Crime Wave or or one of the Cohens was one of the editors on Evil Dead. I can't remember that offhand. But they also wrote Hudsucker Proxy together. Like they've oh, I love been. That movie. Yeah. Right. And uh, you know they Francis McDormand is in uh, Dark Man because there's one. Uh, is it Joel's wife or Ethan's wife? Um, right. Yeah. That that's that's a crew. They were a crew. Like they st- they basically came up together. So yeah, I mean, like yeah, and they were borrowing ideas. Like you know, they're the more they're the more sophisticated uh, of the, the the group, the Coens. But like he's like the wacky younger brother. That movie has the energy of a little brother picking at a booger and chasing you around the room with it. And that's why I love it. It has that 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 childlike energy. You know what bugs me about Raimi's career is like I'm glad he's starting to get like people like he understands now because like Hollywood kind of pushed him to be more sterile in order to like get mainstream success, which bugged me. It's like no, you're stripping him of all that's like as Hollywood is, loves to do. It's like you're popular, okay, so you're gonna make Love of the Game, and it's as as bland as a film will get. <laughs> or quick in the dead it's like kind of has like some like sprinklings of your style Minimal. but not enough yeah. but i'm glad like once he did drag me to hell you're like oh he gets That's it him. there he is yeah there's my boy and even like you know i i know a lot of people weren't blown away by the movie but i i it was great to see Raimi uh embrace that side of himself get, again with uh stock strains and multiverse of madness like yeah, even though it's a him in that there's a there's some really good stuff in there from him. There's like great Raimi moments. Like there's that unhinged energy that only he could do. Like a lot of people like try to rip it off. I'm like, you don't got it, kid. Only he's got it. Like you can't you can't ape him. It's just like I've seen guys try, and it's just like it just comes off clumsy and weird. Yeah. This movie made a lot of money. Yeah, on a very small budget. Three hundred seventy three hundred seventy five thousand dollar budget. That's the first one. <clears throat> yeah, first one. And it brought in twenty nine million worldwide. Yeah, it's crazy money. Oh, yeah, something cool. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King gave a rave review of the film, mm-hmm. which resulted in New Line Cinema acquiring its distribution rights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was a big, uh, big supporter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He saw it at a horror festival and he loved it. And they're like, Can we use your quote in our advertising? He's like, Yeah, go nuts. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Evil Dead 2 didn't do as well. I mean, yeah, you know, it was a $3.6 million budget. That was the estimate, and it grossed worldwide only, you know, five point nine. So I mean, a little bit. Made it a little okay. Bit back. It, it made its money back, and again, it, it, it yeah. was. A I'd huge like to see like DVD video. sales and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right, that's what I would Dude, like to see. Getting back to Anchor Bay, like the, remember, like when DVD came out, they had a new spiffy, insane deluxe box set yeah. every year. Didn't you have the Evil Dead Two Book of the Dead edition? Yeah, I had that one. They, I mean, they release a new version, a new cut of that movie, like a new like print of that movie yeah. every goddamn That's year. That's cool. Like from like it's it was huge in the DVD, especially in the early days. Like this this metal tin edition that I have is like they were just pumping them out every year. It wasn't on it's, my list. I went back and forth on it because it's, it's like eh, weird. Should I pick the first one? Should I? Yeah. Pick, you know, yeah. I was like, well, that means something to you. Yeah, it's a big one. It's just like yeah. I'd be lying if I said I loved Evil Dead more one. I mean, right. wow, I'd said that all completely spoonerific. And I'm spent. <laughs>
I don't know if many people are going to have this one. My love for strange kind of quick cut end credit sequences with music that shouldn't belong in a movie was birthed here. I don't know. Frank, I, I could, you could probably have me suggesting weird credit sequences to like, you're like, oh, I have this movie that I'm working on. So here's, why don't you try throwing this song in here? Something that doesn't really belong and it's kind of off-putting. Something that makes you kind of be like, what the fuck did I just watch? Was birthed during this movie. Mm. Bang, 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 son of a bitch. Moon, blue, moon. You son of a bitch. I'm talking about... Isn't this fun? Lovely stroll on the moors. Did you hear that? I heard that. What is it? You think it's a dog? Nice doggy. Good boy. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. A wolf. My friend Jack was just here. Ah! Told me that I will become a monster in two days. Your dead friend, Jack. Yes. Gotta believe me, David. Believe what? You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're gonna change. You'll become. I know. I know. A monster. 1981's An American Werewolf in London. God mm. damn you. That was the first time at the end it. of a movie where the, when that song came on, I said, what the fuck did I just watch? Dude, that smash cut to Blue Moon, it, it's so jarring tonally. Yeah. And it's a I, depressing ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I adore that. That's oh. one of my favorite fucking things. Anytime anybody suggests anything, it's like, oh, what about this song? This song doesn't belong anywhere near this. Here, put this in <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you. I oh, love discordant, to, like tonal shifts like yeah. that. That just that just makes you walk out going, "What just happened? What just? What? Did I don't I know just... how to feel now." Right, right, exactly. Horror comedy, written by John Landis. You son of a bitch. Uh, oh yeah, this was a uh, this was yeah, I, dude. Uh, this was I was sitting I on like, this. I'm like, do I sit? I said, on, like every week, I was playing a game of like you know a chance. I was just like, I had all my the longer crossed. I sit on it, the yeah. longer I sit on it. I know one of you motherfuckers are going to take it from me. <laughs> and it just happened. I was like, oh, God damn it. Two American college students on a walking tour of Britain are attacked by a werewolf. One is killed and the other is mauled. The werewolf is killed, but reverts to its human form, and the local townspeople are unwilling to acknowledge its existence. The surviving student begins to have nightmares of hunting on four feet at first, but then finds that his friend and other recent victims appear to him demanding him to commit suicide to release them from their curse, being trapped between worlds because of their unnatural deaths. Starring David Naughton, Jenny Aguder, right? Aguder, Aguder? Aguder, Griffin, yeah. Griffin Dune. <laughs> Dunn. Oh, Dunn. Sorry. Griffin Dunn. What could you say about this movie? I mean, it, soundtrack is amazing. Every every uh, song has the word moon in it on the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Ah, see. Mm. Doesn't it open with Bad Moon Rising? No, it opens with a different version of Blue Moon. Yeah. Oh, the right, old, right. the blue moon, the old, uh, the old one, bad moon rising. Bedroom. If I, if there's ever an opportunity for me to be a filmmaker, yeah. I will. I promise you, I will put bad moon rising in somehow in everything. Oh, Great, so song. good. Uh, Landis wrote the first draft of this uh, screenplay in 1969, 
He had it wow. shelved for over a decade. Uh, prospective finances believe that Landis's script was too scary to be a comedy, but too funny to be a horror film. And it was after he had like success with Kentucky Fried Movie and Animal House and the Blues Brothers that he was able to secure financing to go ahead with it. Don't forget Schlock. <laughs> I have a poster of Schlock. That's his first movie. It's, yeah. An original. It's like, yeah. I have no friends. <laughs> he came up with the story while he was working as a PA on Kelly's Heroes. Wow. Yeah. In 1970, he was with a he was in Yugoslavia with a crew member and they were driving uh in a car back to on location where they came across a group of gypsies and the gypsies were performing like a ritual of a man being buried. And the guy explained to him that they're doing this because, you know, to stop the guy from rising from the grave. Hmm. Whoa. And he was like, "Hmm, this is uh strange." <laughs> You know, Give that, me your that, tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It sat around for a very long time. Yeah, it's an uh, ambitious script. I mean, the movie isn't. Do I believe it's a perfect movie? No, it's kind of a mess script-wise. It's a little all over the place. It's a little and, all over the place. But oh, is this your boy again? The guy from the, the is this Rob Bottin did the makeup again? No, this is Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Oh wow, yeah. This you can you can argue yeah, that Rick, Rick Baker, Baker is uh, I should be embarrassed for saying that is a, a a co-star Rick Rick Baker's makeup yeah the the Oscar for best makeup was created this year yeah so was, and he won it so yeah. he basically created this category yep it was that due to like the controversy around the, the Elephant Man that they didn't get rec- recognized for the makeup so like people were like well there has to be wow. an award for this so the following year they put out put it into the Academy Wait, Awards. Th- there was no best makeup till 1981. 1981. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Cr- it's created this year. Yeah. I had and no ba- idea. Baker gets it. Yep. And Baker got, yeah, he got the first for, uh, I'm really embarrassed. I said Rob Bottin and not Rick Baker. I know that. Like, you ever see the making of, uh, sort of tangentially related? You ever see the making of Thriller? No, but I mean, this, no. that's the reason why he got they, the job. That, right. But it's funny because his the best werewolf transformation. Let's get that out of the way. Is the best werewolf transformation of all time. But uh, still, this, I think to this day, the behind the scenes of Michael Jackson transforming is the funniest thing on the planet. <laughs> because in the you know like when he's his, his hands transforming, they do like he's like like there's all animal noises. But when they cut to the behind the scenes, it's just him. And you see John Landis screaming off set. Okay, scream. You're in pain. You're in pain. And they showed like the movie footage, like the, the thriller mu- mu- uh, video footage of the animal noises. And they cut to Michael Jackson like in real life. And he's, ow. <laughs> it's the most weird thing ever. Yeah, it was him watching this movie, and he essentially just went out and got Rick Baker, John Landis. He got the whole team that made this movie to make Thriller, to make that music video. The Universal Studio executives were pressuring Landis because Landis wanted to go with unknown actors at the time, and they wanted him to uh, use Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi to play oh. uh, Kessler and uh, Jack Goodman, but he didn't want to go for it. That led him to, you know, cast uh, David Norton as uh, the main character, David Kessler, who prior to this movie was known for just the Dr. Pepper commercials. I'm a pepper. He's a pepper. Like, that was pretty much his big thing. Oh, that's right. He's in the yeah, Dr. Dr. Pepper the, commercial. He was the dancing guy in the, all the Dr. Pepper commercials. Wow, that's crazy. Griffin Dunn 
he didn't have many credits after. I mainly know him from two of my favorite movies ever, which he's Tommy Kelly and Johnny Dangerously, and the doc <laughs> and the Doctor in Amazon Women on the Moon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> also by Landis. Yeah, right. David, you're hurting my feelings. Hurting your feelings? Has it occurred to you that it might be unsettling to see you rise from the grave to visit me? Sorry to be upsetting you, David, but I had to come. Aren't you supposed to be buried someplace in New York? Yeah. Your parents came to my funeral. I was surprised at how many people came. Why should you be surprised? You were a very well-liked person. Yeah, I was, wasn't I? Well, I liked you. Debbie Klein cried a lot. Oh, God, am I asleep now or what? So, so, you know what she does? She's so grief-stricken. She runs to find solace in Mark Levine's bed. Mark Levine? An asshole. Life mocks me even in death. Uh, he's, he's in uh, After Hours, if you ever, if you, it's a Scorsese I, movie. He's I was about to say, it's a great movie, yeah. yeah. Underrated. It's like a total very... cocaine-fueled kind of, kind of <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, uh, I also forgot, he's also Who's That Girl. He's also in Who's That Girl. I can't believe he <laughs> left that out. I can't pronounce her last name. Jenny Agooder? Agooder. Agooder? She yeah, sex was, symbol in England. She was, you know, a professional. Yes. Acting-wise, up until at this point, when, you know, the two male leads are essentially novice character, you know, actors, having yeah. two to three credits of behind them she had over 37 credits at this time 15 years in the game yeah so i mean she was logan's a, run she's in yeah she was stuff. a heavyweight but i don't i only know her from this does she have any other memorable roles logan's run child's play three uh she's a uh, oh christ i'm trying to think uh she's in a lot of stuff i mean she's like a bona, she's, like in the 70s she was like a bona fide sex single sim, symbol in uh, england she's in a lot of like the, the new marvel movies oh yeah she's one of the the, the what's she's it called one of the, the, like the shield not shield uh world council members or whatever yeah what's yeah. her name black widow uh -huh. is uh she's the woman that black widow disguises herself as yeah she's been in a lot of stuff i mean like i i really know her like i always think of her from logan's run more than this movie but uh, yeah, she's in a, a lot of stuff. During the during the screening of this, was he said he was disappointed when he found out how much uh, time was going to be used for the transformation sequence. I think they only used like for like his face transformation was only seven seconds, and when he found that out, he threw like a little bit of a tantrum, saying like the amount of work that went into it. But after the screening, and pretty much the audience gave a standing ovation for it. He goes, oh, okay, I see what I see what happened. I mean, made the, editorially, made the right choice. That still it still stands as the best werewolf transformation it's, on film. It's it's fantastic. I watched it again today. Prior, it's to, unbelievable. It's so good, and well, you can see what's why. A better, he won the Oscar. What's a better use of makeup all time? Not even just horror movie, but I mean, because because you see, a lot of movies, they'll cut back and forth very quickly, so you can see how they cheat. This feels like you're watching it in real time. Yeah. And I don't know what really compares to that. Yeah, I mean, his face stretching out, his hands, the hands always yeah, the hands the always fucked me up. Oh. Judge, you ever so seen this good. movie? No. Oh, you check it out, man. It's I'm good. putting it on the it's list fun. already. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rick Baker actually he won the Oscar again years later for The Wolfman. Well, he got screwed on The Wolfman because he did they shot it all practically the transformation stuff and they cut it all like he got really hosed on that and they they cut it all to dig, they cut out 90% of all his work and just used the digital transformation stuff. Yeah. Which is bullshit. I mean, I remember when this movie 
But I remember my father uh, renting it and wa- him watching it in the basement. Actually, you know what? It might have been, now that I think about it, it might have been American Werewolf in Paris, <laughs> which it's not as good. Not, not great. It's, it's not, not a great, great movie. 16 years later, that, that sequel came out. I saw that because it came out when I was in high school. And I was yeah. just like, I was so bummed. Watch- and I, I, I like Tom Everett Scott. Just not in this movie. <laughs> but, you know, I was reading a little bit about it. I might have to watch it again because it was written by Tim Burns and Tom Stern. What? Yeah. Who? The Freaked guys? The Made Freaked, which is one of the fucking my favorite movies ever. Uh, yeah, I have to rewatch it. So too I now. said, "All right, now I have to rewatch this and see. Maybe, maybe I was a little too hard on it. Maybe I just didn't get it yeah. because I can understand watching Freaked as as a young kid and being like, I'm scared of this. Oh, but yeah. as a grown up, it's one of the best, funniest movies I've ever seen. It's that's one of those movies along with Trick or Treat that comes on the list of movies around Halloween that I just mm-hmm. put on. Has to be, you know. Yeah, talk with a corpse. It's boring. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. The per- dude, the forget about the werewolf stuff's amazing. The the especially it's, the fresh, like yeah. uh, wounds on dead Griffin Dunn is yeah. fucking disgusting. And his slow decay through the every time you see him, how he's just a little bit worse off than the last time you saw him. It's his great, progression it, is so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, all like pull out all the stops. Yeah, I mean the, the creature effects were it was a game changer from you know the release of that movie forward. Oh, you have no idea how mad I am that you took this. Ah, I needed to get this one. I was playing a game of chicken. I was like, all right, maybe not this week. Like, when nobody took it last week, I'm like, okay, I can relax a little bit. Yeah, I debated on taking it last week, but I didn't want to lose out on the thing. Right. It's it's, This is the game of chess. That's the meta game that's happening with this. The thing would have been my next one. I was debating that and Alien and the Thing. It was like, honestly, I think if you switch the years, I take the thing first. Yeah. If it was 79 versus 80, I think I'd probably take the thing first. It's in my uh, Halloween rotation. It's one of those movies, just like Trick or Treat, that I watch. I have a, I'm a, I have a weak spot for horror comedies. You know, you go through my list of favorite movies ever. If I give you a top 10 list, eight of them are probably horror comedies. What's great about horror comedies, especially ones like this, and well, first of all, let's just get this off. John, John Landis, one of the best comedy directors of all time, like game changing. Like change, oh, yeah. what, game-changing comedy director. Yeah. And, like, that's what's amazing about this film was, like, the tonal shifts in this movie were, are funny. Like, when it's scary, it's scary. When it's funny, it's funny. And But, like, there's this weird discordant feel you have. Like, you're, it makes you more nervous the funnier it gets because it's like, I yeah. know the other sh- – I know what this movie's capable of. Right. You know, so it's, it's like it's, when it's funny and it's like I, it, it's like I want to laugh, but it's all nervous laughter because it's like I don't know if this film's going to – it's going to come back and do something that's going to yeah. upset me. And guess what? It does. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it does. It's well, very, the term it's a, horror comedy, I think, if you really kind of dissect it, this is kind of the definition for me. Yes. Because uh, I think a lot of movies play can play loose with trying to find themselves as a horror comedy. Yeah. But when this is horror, it's really horror. And when it's comedy, it's really comedy. Yeah, it's a very Most movies can't pull that off. Of horror, comedy, gore. It has like, it mixes everything beautifully. And again, like I was saying before, the creature effects are were a game changer. From this Still movie stand. forward, they it pushed the envelope of what they thought was possible at the time. It's like, oh wait, I'm making a monster movie now, and I have to follow this. 
you know, I have to really maybe go back and reevaluate. Yeah, it, and it, it, it went it, for it. It took chances. It wasn't afraid to be strange. It wasn't afraid to be a little bizarre. It wasn't afraid to, you know, do different things where you don't really see that nowadays. Like, this was something like, tonally, we're going for everything. Like, we're not just, I'm trying fucking, I'm throwing everything against the wall, and whatever sticks is what we're going with. The weird Nazi zombie dream? Right. Yeah. yeah I was, that's what I was getting I was like, that. whoa. Yeah. Where the family gets slaughtered? Yeah, crazy stuff. Like, kids. Kids get slaughtered. Yeah. They just come in with Uzis. That scene is, I mean, that's an all-time crazy scene. Yeah. Like, considering the context of this movie. Yeah. You know, it's not like just some bizarre, random European flick. This is like a Landis horror comedy. And then you see that scene. And it's not even the last time you see a crazy hallucination. Which that's came a... first, this or Blues Brothers? Blues Brothers. Blues, Blues Brothers was wow. the year before. Yeah. Wow. Blues Brothers is actually the reason why he was allowed to uh, shoot this movie in Piccadilly Circus. Huh. The, it's the first movie in 15 years allowed to shoot there. Because he invited 300 members of the metro, uh, the London's Metropolitan Police Service to a, a screening of the Blues Brothers, and the police like they were so impressed with his work of the car chase in that movie that they granted him uh, the production of two night filming permit between the hours of 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. They shot all the Piccadilly wow. Circus stuff in, in two six nights. hours. Traffic was stopped only three times for two-minute increments to film Dude, this the, the automobile crazy stunts. stunts. The double-decker bus scene was done one in one take. What? Wow. Two-minute increments. Wild. They had. Dude, I would if you would have told me that they spent three weeks on that scene. I would have nope. been like, yeah. Two nights. That's four, three hours each night, and only three times during the night where they stopped traffic for two minutes at a time. That's fucking crazy. Balls to the wall. They were going. Crazy. That's why that's an example of sometimes restrictions are good because you yeah. have to focus and you got to make sure you get it from every angle. You know, he was he was dead set on doing this in London because, you know, he was like, in his opinion, he said that London was horror central. You know, it was the home of Jack the Ripper, Jekyll and Hyde. And he wanted that like Victorian Gothic feel. But he also wanted to show London in 1981 and kind of get like the feel of like all of it. And yeah. getting Piccadilly Circus was like a huge deal for him. It also, he's Fitzcarraldo. He's going to get that fucking boat over the mountain. <laughs> like, right. he will do, He he's just a crazy man. Like, Blues Brothers is a testament to it. And, like, he's just like, okay, let's do it. Like, it's like, that's not even a question for him if he shoots it, like, on location. Right. Like, he has to. Yep. Oh, back to that dream sequence. Strange credit comes, if you look at the credits, Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy are credited in the movie as playing themselves because <laughs> during the dream sequence, the Muppet show is playing on the television and it was a scene that was never shown in the United States. So they oh, just wow. assumed that they shot it for the movie. People assume that it was just a fake episode, but it was just an episode that was only showed in like the UK. You want to have anything else? Yes. Do you have Miss Piggy? <laughs> and because, <laughs> because Frank Oz was in the movie. Ah, uh, so he kind of like pulled some strings with them and you know, and Got Muppet it. Show, big here, did okay here. In in the UK, it was it's a huge thing, the Muppet Show there. And yeah. it's like, hmm. whoa, big. I think they shot in London. Rick Baker was actually the Nazi werewolf that uh, slashes David's throat. In Why the, wouldn't he be? In the scene. Naturally. Yeah, he loved getting in costumes that boy. Yeah. He was Amy, they... Amy, good gorilla. <laughs> in Con uh, Congo, I love that yes. movie. Amy, good gorilla. They uh they approached him in '91 for a sequel, 
10 years later he would you know he he would have done it he he entertained it for a little bit he came up with a, a, a first draft and he wrote you know he wrote the script and his his draft focused on uh Debbie Klein, a character that's mentioned in the movie, hmm. but you, who's never seen. It's someone they talk about. I believe it's the girl they're talking about at the, at, in the opening that uh, Griffin uh, Griffin Dunn's character wants to fuck. Uh-huh. Right. That's, yeah, the girl yeah, yeah, ta- yeah. that's the girl they're talking about. Hmm. And she gets a job in London and starts investigating the deaths of David and Jack. The studio kind of like wanted them to go somewhere else with it. And he's like, no, this is the treatment. This is I'm not willing to edit it this is what i'm you know he was unwilling to go further and he told him ah, just make the sequel without me shame this this yeah. made money this is the 11th oh, yeah. highest of 81 this is this is wow. people were into it yeah they loved it critically not so much people kind of thought it was a mess they didn't really get it well critics especially like, critics especially at that time they uh, critics today still they, it's like when a movie is not they can't call it one genre that just that just screws their stupid critic heads. Like especially yeah. like a horror comedy. It's like right. there's jokes in it. I don't get why they would do that. It's like yeah. shut up, stupid. Yeah. Hmm. No, they didn't. Uh, the the Nerd. fake porno movie that in the porno theater that he's in at the end. See you yes. next Wednesday was the it's first. See you next Wednesday. See you I'm next about Wednesday. To ask about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the first thing to be filmed during production. And they actually they filmed this movie uh, chronologically. They filmed it in sequence. Hmm. In the, his original in his first draft of the script. Uh, the theater wasn't a, it wasn't a porn theater it was actually a cartoon theater which was very big in london at the time uh, he was writing the script in the 60s but eventually when he got there it was porn theaters now so he just made the adjustment hmm. and despite the movie being about a man who turns into a werewolf he doesn't ever turn into he doesn't actually turn into a werewolf until an hour into the movie and there's only Crazy. Like an hour and like 28 minute runtime it's amazing how the the balls on how yeah. much that film takes its time yeah. setting oh, itself yeah. up and you know what? It doesn't feel like it's taking no. its time. It doesn't feel drawn out. It's not like get to it already. There's, it's interesting enough. Yeah. It makes you wait for it. And it's yeah. like, oh, you're rewarded when he finally oh, does yeah. turn. It's like, it's worth oh. it. No, it's like, trust me, you're going to want to wait on this. Yeah. Well, I, I love the whole, I mean, the whole intro sequence of them hanging out, getting to know him a little bit. Mm-hmm. It taps into that. I don't know if you guys have had this where if you go like to a foreign country, when you first get into town, you just feel a little off, you know, you, you feel, even if it's not true, you feel like people are looking at you like they can tell you're not from around here. And there's that kind of awkward tension. I remember me and my buddies, when we were first got to Prague, like I, I vividly remember walking down the street towards our hostel and we're, you know, we're overthinking it, but it just felt like everyone was looking at us like we weren't supposed to be here. Yeah. And this, that whole sequence of them going to the bar. And then when they leave that, when they leave the bar and it's dark out, that's a great, great sequence. You hear it in the distance. Yeah. I mean, that's like, wow, Landis, he's pulling this off? Yeah, that yeah. wolf howl, that's, that's like a famous wolf howl. Oh, shit, David, what is that? I don't know, come on. Come on, where? Anywhere, I think we should just keep moving. It's circling us. Ah, oh, fuck. What's the plan? Plan? Let's just keep walking. That's right, a lovely stroll on the moors. Tra la 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 la. Isn't this fun? 
in front of us. You think it's a dog? Oh, shit. What is it? Yeah. It's a sheepdog or something. Come on, turn slowly. Let's walk away. Nice doggy. Good boy. Come on, Jack. Walk away. Walking away. Yes, here we are, walking away. It's just, it's iconic on... Yes, I'm so pissed off you took it. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's a form that that's a formative movie for me too. I mean, it's just a movie that it's it's one of those things where it's like there's movies that play into your tastes and there's movies that like create those tastes. And yeah. that's definitely a movie that does that. Yep. Mm. Just from everything, from the, the creature designs to the the jokes in it, the upbeat soundtrack that they use. It's like very a lot of strange choices were used for this movie for like for a horror movie essentially. People try to top. attempt that formula and they can't they can't do it. it, they can't pull it off. It's tough. Yeah, it's a, very tough, tough. it's a tough mix. I mean, something it's like there's some things that are fun. Like you know, it's like oh, this is like the thing is, it's just weird with horror comedy. It's I, I I'm str struggling to find one where it's like it has that mix where it's like mostly horror, and even when there's jokes, you're uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a short list because I think Jeez. when horror tries to be funny, it's usually very meta, right? And that can kind of take you out of the vibe of an actual horror movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I love the scene of them in the porn theater with all the corpses, but the corpses are like friendly folks. Yeah, it's like hmm. oh, nice to meet you. It's like oh, I wish yeah. I could say the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. It's just like why are you making jokes right now? This is so weird. How shall I do it? Sleeping pills? Not sure enough. I could hang myself. No, no. If you did it wrong, it could be painful. You. Choke to death. So what? Let him choke. Do you mind? The man's a friend of mine. Well, he ain't no friend to me. Gentlemen, please. The gun! I know where you can get a gun. Don't I need a silver bullet or something? Oh, be serious, would you? Madness. Oh, a gun would be good. Yes, you just put the gun to your forehead and pull the trigger. But if you put it in your mouth, you'd be sure not to miss. Thank you. You're all so thoughtful. There's things that, like little plot hole kind of things that don't make sense. Like the, the reason his friend is there, it's like, you know, they they make it a point to say that you're haunted by your victims, and he didn't kill his friend, so his friend really had no business following him around. Yeah. But it, listen, things like that, I I don't care. The, it, it doesn't matter. You get those matter. amazingly right. funny, those fun scenes with Griffin Dunn. Yeah. So it's like whatever you got to do. Right. Yeah, it's such a fun plot device that their their trip doesn't really end just because he's dead. Right. <laughs> like, right. they still get to hang out. <laughs> downbeat. I, I'm, it's, a, it's such a downbeat ending. And that, that for a lot of years, I, I got to be honest, like, when I was a kid, that always, like, I was like, it upset me as a kid that it has such a downbeat ending. And then, like, as an adult, I'm like, yeah, that's the only way it could end. Like, it yeah, dramatically right. makes sense. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, you can't end it any other way. And it's, ball, ball, like, bang, bang, bang. and then cutting to that. <laughs> Another great movie that has a smash cut like that that it's 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 neck and neck with this movie is uh, all that jazz where it just cuts. Oh spoilers. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, cut to it's a beautiful musical number. Cut to just Roy Scheider on a slab and there's no business like show business. I it's love like, that. What a I fucked up. It. Uh, ooh, it's a yeah. knife twist. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite little choices that to do for an ending. Oh, letting people know, like, the See You Next Wednesday thing, uh, if you don't know this, uh, John Landis always makes a reference to a fictional movie in every movie he's ever made called See You Next Wednesday. There's either a poster for it, somebody's talking about it, some, they're at the theater seeing it. 
it's just a weird thing. It's always like a fun thing to spot huh. where the reference is. Like the reference in uh, Coming to America, it's like in the mo- in the subway station. You see the big poster for See You Next Wednesday. Oh, really? You know what? I never noticed. That's cool. Yeah. That's and Thriller, cool. there's a, a there's a See You Next Wednesday. When, when they're coming out of the movie theater, there's a poster for See You Next Wednesday. Huh. Uh, I like that. I love when they do little things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's in every one of his movies. For those reasons, that's why that was my third pick. Oh, American yeah. Werewolf in, uh, in London. And for this reason, I'll never speak to you again. <laughs> I gotta reconfigure my whole list. It's just <laughs> my strat. My strat just got. My smacked strategy's my still going. My strategy's hey, still going. Dude, my strats are no good no more. John, what's this what's this prick got out of his sleeve? What do you got? <laughs> I got my fingers crossed. Are you guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh oh. Oh, he's doing <laughs> stretching. Oh, he's doing a stretch. This is a big one. Oh, I'm nervous. Oh. Oh, he's about to get into the octagon, smack us all up now. <laughs> we might have to do a sequel in a year because I got some heavy hitters that I think are going to survive this draft, and it's amazing. So with my third pick in the horror movie draft, there's no need for hate now or love. Does anyone know the quote? There's no need for hate now. From 1978, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. They come from a dying world. They drift through the universe, pushed on by the solar winds. They adapt, and they survive. The function of all life is survival. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Oh, that's such a good one. Oh, you son man. of a bitch. You're another son of a bitch. You know that. I, you know, that was always like, that's a po- that that I got to be honest that that was not a <laughs> that wasn't a firm one on my list. Like Chris killed me. This was like a thing that was a standby. <laughs> so Chris took my main and you just took my standby. So, well, I guess I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> I have an invasion to the body snatchers story. When I was a kid. I wanted my grandfather to, my grandfather was going to the video store and he asked me if I wanted the movie. And I told him, remember the movie, I think it was Spaced Out about the, the aliens that they're like no, stoners. Spaced Invaders. Spaced, Spaced Invaders, right. Spaced Invaders. There's the Jack Nicholson one. Hey. Right, a, right, right. The, I wanted that dressed up mo- as a duck. I wanted that movie. I was a kid. And he <laughs> came back with Invasion of the Body Snatchers and I watched it. Oh no! I was a fucking child. I said, "What is this movie?" That is <laughs> made a mistake. Oh. No mistake. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm still. I'm just, dude. I'm just taking body blow after body blow. That's a good pick. That's a great pick. So yeah, this I mean... is d- directed by Philip Kaufman, written mm-hmm. by W. D. Richter. It's based on the book "The Body Snatchers" by Jack Finney, with a score by Denny Zeitlin. Zeitlin. Uh, the cast, we got Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Letter Nimoy, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, oh. yeah. In his first major film, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Goldblum. Chef, chef. I'm Chef Goldblum. Chef hi, Goldblum. hi, hi. And Veronica Cartwright, who you might recall was in my number two pick, Alien. So Ooh. she does Body Snatchers and Alien in back-to-back years. Wow. Oh. So here's, here's my Body Snatchers story. The first time I can at least remember me trying as a little kid to like write an actual story quote unquote was because i i watched this movie when i was a kid and then i tried to write a movie not even a movie just a story 
about aliens attacking Earth, and there's a small group of people who are trying to survive. So the first oh. story I can remember, like, kind of trying to write was because I saw this as a kid. It's awesome. So I remember wow. my dad loved the original from the 50s. Yeah. He loved it so much that he got me to watch uh, the 70s version. I don't, to- I don't remember watching it as a kid. So COVID hits, and we talked about this previously. Like, I went on a, uh, a 70s movie run. Mm. This is one of the first one I, I watched. And since then, I've probably watched it like five times. Wow. Like, this is, this is the movie on my list that gets better more relevant, more prescient every time I watch it. And I watched it again a couple days ago. And it's just like, I can't think of a movie that just feels more relevant to what we're dealing with today than this Crazy. movie. It's, yeah, it's a, great. It's I haven't watched film. it in years. I have, that has to get, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. So if you don't know this, what it's about, it's basically if you fall asleep, your body and mind could be replaced by an alien. Mm-hmm. So once you fall asleep, you never wake up, but your body will live on in this alien form. Once people start falling asleep, it spreads quickly. This thing takes off and essentially there's a lot of horror elements to it. And the first one is you can't fall asleep. Yeah. Because if you do, you're not waking up. I got, I'll, give you, I'll try to make this quick. Hopefully it's not too boring. But have you guys heard of the, the term McCarthyism? Mm-hmm. Does that ring yes. any bells? Yes. Yes. Okay, so McCarthyism is the practice of making false or unfounded accusations of subversion and treason, especially when related to anarchism, communism, and socialism. The term originally referred to the controversial practices and policies of U.S. Senator Joseph McCarthy and has its origins in the period in the U.S. known as the Second Red Scare, lasting from the late 40s through the 1950s. It was characterized by heightened political repression and persecution of left-wing individuals, a campaign spreading fear of alleged communist and socialist influence on American institutions and of espionage and Soviet agents. So it's basically, this movie's influenced by the concept of if you don't align with our thinking, we're going to try to get you. And in, you know, in 2022, when it's like everything, no matter how niche it is, just feels increasingly tribal, and it's if you if you if you're not with us you're against us. Yeah. This movie just taps into that so perfectly and it's so smart. But on top of everything else, it's such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I this is not it's not um, horror in the sense of some of the other ones we've talked about where you're going to be terrified. It taps into so much stuff in such a in such a well thought out way. I just every time I watch it. I'm just kind of more blown away by how well done and and relevant it is. Like, I really can't recommend this enough. It's a very witty film. Um, The guy who wrote it, W.D. Richter, uh, you know, he also wrote, he wrote one of my favorite scripts of all time, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. He also, and and a movie that is weird. I'm going to get my cult film, like, stripes removed on this one. It's a movie that I've, I've tried to like every time I've watched it and I just can't is the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I cannot <laughs> like that movie. I've tried hard. It, and it's like taps into my interest that movie. Cause it's like, Oh, an eighties doubt version of uh doc, doc, uh, doc Savage. And it's just like, mm. Oh, perfect. And it's like, no, it's just not, it just does not work for me. But he, he wrote uh, big trouble in little China and Philip Kaufman also directed, followed this up with one of my favorite movies of all time. Like all, t- like just in general, the right stuff. Yeah, he had an interesting mm-hmm. directing career because he didn't direct a lot of movies. 
No, but he, he, he had some bangers, though, out the gate. I think he only directed, it was 13 films he directed, but he got the story by credit on Raiders of the Lost Ark. And oh, there's a, the yeah. transcripts. You ever see the transcripts where they were, uh, there's a write, there's transcript. I got to find them. Uh, I have it on my hard drive somewhere, is that there's trans, like 60 page transcripts of a writing session meeting between him, Lucas, and Spielberg trying to figure out, crack the, like, the story for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. Mm. He still works in, in the Star Wars universe, I think, just as a writer oh, really? and someone who can, they can bounce ideas off of. There's so much subtext to this film, but it never feels forced. Mm -mm. Again, it's a really fun movie. It's, it, it's a comforting kind of horror movie. I, I, like, I, to me, it's just very rewatchable. I mean, it taps, it taps into conformity. The idea of if you're in a certain situation, you have to act and dress and speak a certain way. And if you don't, people will notice it. Mm -hmm. I, I find that kind of stuff just fascinating. Yeah. I don't know if you guys feel like this, but I just, it feels to me like people are, in general, are losing their ability to, to think. Oh, yeah. Independently. I 100% believe that. Right? Because wholeheartedly. Yes. Whatever, whatever experience you're having, rather than just being present in the experience, when you're there, you start checking your phone see what other people think. Yep. Then when you leave, you listen to people talk about the thing. And we're just increasingly becoming programmed to have other thoughts replace our own. Yeah. And this, this is what this movie is doing. I mean, yeah. one cool thing about this movie, there's a lot, but one cool thing is the aliens aren't these vicious, violent creatures. They want you to go to sleep so they, you, you can be replaced, but they are so calm. They, they, they promote this message of, no, this is better. There's no pain. You go to sleep and all of your, your anxiety and depression, that just goes away and you wake up as this new person. What's so cool is it's almost worse to have a horror movie where if someone you love dies, they are actually still there. So you still see their body, but it's not them. And that makes it, to me, that makes, that's such a cool twist yeah. on the genre. Yeah, it's really, mm -hmm. it's, un, it's an unsettling idea. And it's that, it's that idea that it's like, right, that it's just that the, this automaton it's just like that has like the basic characteristics of the person you know but they've just been replaced and that's like sanctioned by a higher authority uh, it's like that's great that that scares me that idea and they it's i don't think it's done and it's been there's a movie that's been remade a lot uh, a lot a lot a lot and I think it's 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 easily the best in breed of all. Of yeah. Them. I, even the mm -hmm. '50s version, which is fun. It's a fun, you know, uh, it's a fun '50s, you know, sci-fi Cold War. Very much, very specifically about the Cold War. Yep. Uh, where this one's more amorphous. Uh, it's about just a general, just culture. Right. Which was interesting, like a weird, like this is one of those things where they found a reason to remake it, and this is one of those. It's amazing. Like we're, we're talking about the thing, the blob. It's like. What's the reason to remake this other than it's got a light, recognizable name? Like, I have something to say with this one that I yeah. think is relevant to the discussion today. And that's the best reason. And I think this is the movie that kicked off, like, really that wave of, like, 50s B science fiction and horror film remakes. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that, you know, the, tap, the thing, the blob. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the, the thing and the blob, this is a tough one. Which one? Yeah. The fly. The fly. The fly? Oh, Jesus Christ. I almost forgot the fly. It's like, yeah, right. We have something to say with these. These are films we grew up on, but we have something to like add to it and like to, like to add our own experiences to it and something interesting where it's just like remakes today or just like think bring stuff back. It's like, hey, remember how cool this was? It's remember like the toys? Scream, right? <laughs> remember the exactly. toys? Those were cool. 
His legs scream. And it's just like, no, 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 we have a point to make. Um, Shout out to the Abel Ferrara one from the 90s, which is not great, but there's some great moments. But it's creepy. It's it got, is creepy. It's got a Meg Tilly scene. Meg Tilly's fucking... Kid. I was about to say, Meg Tilly is so great in that movie. She's memorable. And I yes. saw that when I was very young. And I distinctly remember being really creeped out Way by a go. scene in particular. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Who are you going to tell? 759 Sector C. Carol! We gotta go! We gotta get out of here! We gotta go right now! Listen to me, Steve. No, you don't understand! We've gotta go! Go... Where? No, we gotta go. What the hell are you talking about? Steve, this is important. Go where? That's right. Go where? What happened in your room? Are you listening? What happened in your room is not an isolated incident. It is something that is happening everywhere to everyone. So, where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. <laughs> oh, she's so good That's in that it. Scene. That's the one right there. Mm-hmm. That's great. I don't think I remember that one. It's It, it kind of came and went. But it's It's got but its, it's got moments. some good stuff. Not, that, not what Frank anything. just did. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't trust anyone in this world. Right. Because you don't know if the person you're talking to is that person or not. Another thing, you get replaced by plants. That's a nice wrinkle. This thing that we always think of, oh, it gives us energy and food and everything, substance. You have to avoid it. So where are you going to run on top of all these other things? And then another great thing is if if one of the aliens does spot you and figures out who you are, they unleash this like horrifically loud shriek noise so that anyone within a shouting distance will charge over i'm telling you this this movie is so much fun it's so clever so I, it's I'm a, just it's that ending sorry. the last shot is a meme oh it's like, yeah and it's like it's shorthand for oh the mob's coming for me it's like it's yeah. become that culturally and just the idea of you know humanity can be here today and gone tomorrow it feels so of today yeah especially mm, i'm sure we've all been in situations where we, you're talking to someone and uh about politics and, and and they look they're looking at you like you're crazy and you're looking at them like they're crazy and it's like we're just living in two different realities yeah oh yeah that's what this that's what this movie really taps into oh you were you were you did the other indoctrination oh sorry right <laughs> sorry <laughs> and uh, everyone in all the characters in this movie are really smart too yes they're very practical and logical and they work together uh there's none of that dumb horror movie tropes where they do the thing that makes you go, come on, no one would ever do that. Right. They're that's, very smart and logical. That's that's the thing about this movie that makes it more fucked up because it makes it so much because they're not dumb character, not dumb shrieking idiots. They're no. they they have plans. They're doing it, and it's just to just it's you can't working, you right. can't beat it. It's right. just you cannot. Because you got to stay awake. That's your only yeah. chance. It's like you do everything right. It's demoral. It's another yeah. demoralizing ending. It's just like oh oh yeah. I mean, we talked about a couple of the other endings so far this the last image of this movie might be the best last image really of of a movie ever because it's so and then there's no music in the credits so you just have to live with that image (laughs) oh that's fucked oh yeah it gives me the chills oh it's so good uh leonard nimoy fun as hell in this movie perfect and you only know him as spock and then he's here as this calm 
but but you can tell there's a menacing thing going on underneath we don't hate you there's no need for hate now or love There are people that will fight you, David. They'll stop you. In an hour. You won't want them to. Oh, yeah. it's so good. I mean, the whole cast is great. Brooke Adams. I don't know if you guys know Brooke Adams at all. I can't remember. Mm. She hasn't done a lot. She was in the dead zone. Mm. Okay. She mm. has kind of a Julia Louis-Dreyfus vibe, which I'm very much into. Mm. She's... That's It's another thing. You don't totally know who's making it out mm. and it shifts between protagonists and, sh but she's great. You know, we talked about the weed scene in uh, poltergeist, these little, these little real moments that make you actually care about the people. She has great chemistry with Sutherland and they feel like actual people who are friends with significant others. So they can't act on their feelings and they have these real moments and it makes the world feel real when things start to get really terrible around them. Matthew, I've lived in this city all my life, but somehow today I felt everything had changed. People were different. Not just Jeffrey, but everybody. Yesterday it all seemed normal. Today everything seemed the same, but it wasn't. It was a nightmare. It really became frightening. It was like the whole city had changed overnight. Uh, was this eight, the 857th movie that Donald Sutherland was in between 1970 and 1979? Because <laughs> yeah. he's in every, it's hysterical. Like every week I find another movie that he was in in, 19, in, the, in the decade of the 70s. Yeah, he was busy. He had an incredible run. Oh my God. Tell me if you can think of another example of this. So basically the first actual scene of the movie, you're following these kids being kind of shepherded around by a teacher on a playground. And you see this weird point of view that's kind of swinging. And then you see, oh, it's, we're seeing the angle of someone on the swing. Mm -hmm. It's a priest hmm. watching these kids. Hmm. We never see the priest again. This movie came out in 78. Do you know who played the priest? No. Robert Duvall. Hmm. What? Really? Yes. It's been, I haven't seen this movie, admittedly. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, years. this movie is like on that's another crazy. level. I don't remember that. This wow. is 78 Duvall, like mega star. He plays a priest in the movie for two seconds at the beginning, and you never see him again. That's so and it weird. throws you off so much because you think, well, he has to come back, right? Like, why would you see Robert Duvall and then not use him? Yeah, you don't throw but that's Bobby it. D. You don't throw Bobby D in willy-nilly. That's a yeah. commitment. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. that's well, so there is another weird cameo. The best cameo in a horror film, John. I don't want to give it away in case it shows up. Probably going to. <laughs> it's well, I know what you're thinking of. Oh, and that, I know I, what you're thinking of. I, I can't even say it because I know we're, we're doing a shining thing right now where we're reading each other's minds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that movie's going to come out at some point. Like How about ice cream ice cream dog? Dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if I'll... you guys, if I list any scenes, I mean, do you, is it fresh enough in your head? Do you guys remember this movie? It's, it's uh, been a long time. It's been a very sadly. long time. Okay, but this Robin so Duvall thing got me cooking, and I just looked, and apparently he was friendly with Philip Kaufman because he just worked with him on the Great Northfield, the Great okay. Northfield Minnesota raid in 1972, hmm. and he happened to be in San Francisco at the time of filming, so he just kind of called him up and was like, "Oh, you want me to be in this?" And he said, "Uh, yeah," and that was kind of it. Hmm. it was, oh, that's it was just awesome. Kinda, he just happened to be around. 
They said, yeah, I'll jump in this. What are you doing there, Robert? We're eating ice cream. <laughs> Days of Thunder. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Want to be in a movie? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm around. For free, for nothing. He just kind of showed up and just did that's it. That's so weird. Oh, that's great. Love little things like that. Mm. Uh, so yeah. we mentioned Goldblum. He's 26 at this time. He's great. It kind of It's weird. You can kind of see the seeds of who he's going to become <laughs> from here. Like it, it really is kind of a star-making showcase for him. And it's just weird to see him as so young. But he's great. The whole cast is great. Uh, Veronica Cartwright, again, is like the ultimate woman in peril. She does that so well. She, when she screams, it looks like she's like having explosive <laughs> diarrhea. Like her, her scream face is not flattering. And God bless her for like going that far because she looks like really like a mess when she screams. If you guys don't remember it too well, I'll just try to rattle off some best scenes just in case mm. folks uh, have seen it. But, I mean, there's a lot. But the first moment when someone knows, oh, that's not who I think it is, it's Brooke Adams and her boyfriend. And she kind of comes up behind him to say hello. And she instinctively does this kind of quick jarring move behind. And you, we, we as the audience know, oh, shit, she knows that something's off. And that's when the movie starts to take off. And there's all these different pockets of people. Like, they'll be at a party. And there's some woman who's, like, kind of hysterical saying, I don't know, something's wrong with my husband. I don't know what it is. And everyone at the party thinks she's crazy. Mm, and yeah. Nimoy is the guy who's trying to settle her down. And that's a, that's a recurring theme is that as the movie goes on, the people we care about, it, the group shrinks. That woman's husband's not her husband. I saw him today with Jeffrey. He's one of them. And she knows about it, and nobody's helping her. That's not true. Somebody's helping her. Oh, I'm glad you've heard that. David Kibner, Elizabeth Driscoll. Hi. I've been hearing it all week. It's getting very popular. What's that? What's getting popular? I was trying to tell you that I also you know, know somebody who's changed. Can we go yes. outside and talk about it? And they have less and less people to go to for help and safety. And there's this claustrophobia that builds in the film and it's such a fun momentum because you know they can't really ever stop so it makes it feel relentless and it's great yeah it's really great um i didn't see it till uh this is a movie like i didn't grow up with this this was a movie i think i had watched the right stuff and like work backward i'm like because i was just i love the right stuff like i saw that like in my teens and i was like this movie like it was a movie that was always on hbo and i never watched and i was just like oh my god this movie's incredible I said, what else this guy did? Oh, he did the Body Snatchers remake? And I finally watched him like, whoa, this guy should have had a bigger career. So just before I forget, it's on HBO Max right now. Oh, perfect. If you you guys do want to watch it. Yeah, I got to rewatch. It's about time I rewatched it anyway. I'll just just... run through a couple more of these great scenes. Um, There's a scene where they call 911. The cop on the other end of the line knows it's Sutherland. And Sutherland says, I didn't tell you my name. Uh... And he hangs up. And then one of the other people in the room goes, they're all in on it. Hello, police. Officer, I would like to report four bodies in my backyard. You all right? Wait right there, Mr. Bennell. How do you know my name? Hang up, Matthew. I didn't tell you my name. Hang up. I didn't tell him my name. They're all a part of it. They're all parts, all of them. That's see that's the kind of shit that's creepy. like it's it's terrifying but it's so much fun yeah it's the kind of thing that just because a lot of horror movies are very intimate you know it, it's um small group of people maybe versus the one killer this right. is the entire world is in on it and that's what Damn. makes it gives it a different vibe oh yeah. man the original uh with kevin mccarthy 
who They're makes a cameo, already. by the way. You're next. You're next. <laughs> uh, he makes a cameo in the 78 version. Yes, he does. Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I, I got to watch this again because I just was the pedigree of the people involved. Like you have the guy who wrote Big Trouble in Little China and this and the guy did the right stuff. It's like these guys are like 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 quietly put out some like 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 blockbusters. And it's like then like you don't say like, oh, Phil Kaufman. Or, yeah, because yeah. it just it's I don't know what I don't know the story of why he didn't do more. But so I mean, for a guy to make this and it was a popular movie. But it was the 12th highest grossing film of that year. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Like unlike like the thing and the blob and the the like well the fly guy like the and uh, the American Werewolf, like they got written off as just a violent schlock. But like this one yeah. when it came out, like oh this is this is solid. This is like yeah. the, like critics across the board said this is a great film. Uh, the last two scenes I have for memorable scenes. One there's one scene towards the end when when our the group of people we care about it's it's very small. And they hear kind of off in this distance, someone's playing Amazing Grace. And it's like this kind of beacon of, of hope that's still out there. And it, it get, I mean, it gives me goosebumps every time. And they kind of, and as they're running over to kind of see, oh, maybe there's people who can help us, it fizzles. And oh, you're shit. like, God damn it, they're uh-huh. gone too. Ships. 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 We can get away. <laughs> I'll go down there. I'll be right back. There. There. I can't, I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, there's a scene where someone you care about is going to fall asleep and it's fucking oh, gut wrenching. You know, it's going to happen, but it doesn't make it any less painful. Yeah. It really hurts every time. And it's just, again, they're all, they're not horror screaming idiots. These are right. all capable no. people. It's just that the tide is so overwhelming. It's just what happens, how it turns out is inevitable. It's just, yeah. it's, it's fucked up. What could you do? Right? Like, Right. It puts that's you in that situation. Like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. Cause what that's are your tough. options? Yeah. There's no options. It's just like, that's it. Yeah. This movie. I, I mean, again, every time I watch it, you know, I'm sure there's a little recency bias cause I just haven't seen it as many times of, of these other films, but man, every time I revisit it now, it just feels better and more relevant. Yeah. And we, we're going to keep talking about the timeless thing, but. Whew. Right. That's one of these, one of these things that a lot of these movies have in common. Yeah, it's an evergreen story. That's why it's been remade so much because it's just like, it's just like, but you could apply this to anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, I mean, with, you know, mixed results, but it's like, it's in, it's one of those things when they say they remake it, and I'm like, yeah, so what do you got? Yeah. You could do something yeah. with that. Great tagline, too, for uh, 
promotional uh, for this movie. Get some sleep. Oh, <laughs> great. Damn. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. son of a bitch bastard. Oh, so good. I yeah. love the poster art. For, I always loved the poster yeah. art for this. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Poster art's sweet. Yeah, something about a hand-drawn, yeah, like, poster, kind of, like... So cool. Feels like, it feels like a, like, a, like a horror novel cover. Yeah. Some good or, practical effects in this one, too. Yeah. The transformation stuff in this is really, like, icky and, and, and yeah. unnerving. Yeah. Yeah. Because for the most part, it's not a, a quote, horror film. But there's, there's imagery in this movie that's really haunting. I'd say out of all the films we've talked about, this is the most frightening to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think in general, like, I mean, I, I think not just tonight, I think in general, like this movie frightened, like the concept of this is really taps into like, wow, you, I hate like mob, like my favorite scenes of Spielberg film. I know we were going to do a draft, but this is not one of my favorite movies of Spielberg's, but is the scene in uh, War of the Worlds. Not one of his best, but there's a sequence in that film when they're trying to get on the ferry and they have they have a car. Oh, and it's yeah. just that that scene scares the living shit out of me. It's just that idea, and it's like I guess why zombies work uh, to a lesser extent. It's just that idea of this overwhelming tide of people that is just like they're not even like trying to like they just no you don't you don't align with us or you have something we want or right. it's just like and you can't yeah. reason with that and it's just it's scare like that idea scares me more than anything. Oh, good, good, great pick. God damn you, people. That's Both my number you three. Hurt. You guys hurt me tonight. Tigers tonight, man. Yeah, you guys hurt. My strategy is still in play, though. Yeah, what I got a strategy you're talking about. <laughs> what could it be? Oh, you'll see. It'll I start getting clearer on the next pick. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm just going to keep saying that until it's over. And none of you are going to know. I don't think you have a strategy. <laughs> It's psychological. It's a psychological tactic. I have a strategy, and I totally understand what we're doing here. <laughs> Damn. I mean, so I got some all-timers still on my whiteboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got some big ones. I got to bust out. And you know what, I'm John? You're leading cute. this off on the next episode. Oh shit. Oh. So I just gotta, I just gotta endure one pick <laughs> to get to me, and then I can be, I can breathe easy again. Goes from God to Jerry to me. I think I'll be good. <laughs> I think I'll get my next pick. This was good. This was this good. Was, this this was this was devastating to me because like because <laughs> you got my one of my main picks and an alternate, and it's like God damn you. Yeah. <laughs> well, at le- well, at least invasion of the body snatches is still on the shit. Like that's what happened to me. <laughs> I played it cute. Well, Dead Two is an all timer though. Dead Two is great. I mean, yeah, but don't sell yourself short. Oh, I like my picks. But I like yours too. Is the problem <laughs> of my remaining six? I only have one that I'm pretty confident will not get taken. So that mm. would be my last pick. I'd be shocked if anyone takes it. Hmm. But the other five, I don't know. I'm looking in your eyes. I can see some glints, <laughs> some familiar glints. Well, I know what my next one's going to be, and my last one, I'd be shocked if anyone takes either. Hmm. I'm excited for our last picks because yeah. that could be a real barn burner. Yeah. yeah. We're all looking right now. Everybody's looking at each other, staring at each other with beady eyes. Yeah, it's like the end of Reservoir Dogs, just in a a circle. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna be okay. (laughs) Say the goddamn words. (laughs) And on that note, we will bid you all farewell. 
This has been round three of the horror movie draft spectacular, spooktacular. Mm. I'm Christopher Feinstein. John Sachs. The Pickle of Poopla Gang. <laughs> hey on. guys, it's it's Judd. Hey. Bomb, 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 bomb